You're listening to The Itch, Rock Matters. My name is KC. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And we got a lot of stuff that we can talk about. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good problem to have. The fall season has been kind to the rock music world. Yeah, just especially even just the past couple of weeks as we record this. The end of October was just like this giant early Christmas dump of music for us to to go through. So that's actually probably a fairly accurate description, considering that, you know, everybody's trying to get their stuff out there so you can buy Christmas gifts for your your loved ones. Put your album out two months before Christmas. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. (laughs) Keep it fresh right there. Although I'll be quite honest, it's been quite some time since somebody has bought me a, a CD for Christmas or anything for <laughs> that matter for my birthday or whatever. But that's Aww. probably because they know that I, I have everything that I want. <laughs> I was gonna say, the second part's sad if nobody's getting your stuff. But the first part, I understand because it's hard to get you an album because you, the ones you like, you get pretty much when they're released. So nobody's beating you to it. Exactly. Pretty much whenever you hear something's about to be released, you check it out on Amazon right away. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's the funniest part about that is like up until about two or three years ago, I, I used to make an event out of going to like the CD store, but then the CD store stopped carrying the CDs that I was looking for. And I just gave up and then started getting them through Amazon. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, there was a ton of albums that came out. We had the EP that we mentioned on the last episode from Fever 333, which is called Wrong Generation, and Nothing But Thieves, their album Moral Panic came out. We talked about that one a teeny tiny bit on the last episode as well. Um, What else you guys got? Saul. Saul had an album come out. I believe their debut album. Yeah. I was going to say, who is Saul? Yeah, Saul. <laughs> Saul is a new band with an album called Rises Equals that we're going to be talking about a little bit more in the near future, I believe. Seven Dust had a very Seven Dust album come out. Yeah, that's that's, that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> that they did. <laughs> uh, Blue October had a, another a more happier album come out called This Is What I Live For, which is kind of followed the theme of their last like three albums. Yeah, we probably won't really spend any time on this, but they're still a tiny bit of a sweet spot for me. Gorillaz put out a collection of the music that they've been releasing kind of on a regular basis throughout this past year called Song Machine. And uh, some of those are pretty cool tracks. Nice. Yeah. As well as Pearl Jam, their MTV Unplugged recording session from 92, I believe, Mm -hmm. which has made the rounds for years, but not officially been released in this format is now available to all we had an ep by wwe star elias called universal truth which is actually serious music and not bad and (laughs) then a surprise one from a name that we have mentioned on the show before but still i'm pretty sure everybody forgot about stabbing westward put out uh, a few tracks called hallowed hymns which is basically they made some halloween music to celebrate the the season (laughs) So they haven't been a thing for years, and then they years. come back with Halloween music? Are you kidding well, me? Well, they did put out something uh, like within the last year, year or two, yeah. a, a small thing, and then they were planning to release, I forget if it was another EP or a full-on album. They, they're kind of in the makings of a, of a return of some sort. And so this okay. was just kind of a bonus, like, we just did this for fun, have a surprise 
uh, you know, Halloween candy in music form. All right, then I'll, I'll accept it. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard it, but I saw that it came out and I thought that was kind of nice. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so because all that music came out in the last two weeks, uh, we've had a lot of stuff to try to listen to, which we've heard most of it, but, uh, we're going (laughs) to do a rapid fire review episode because we're trying to fit as many of them in as we can before the end of the year. Cause a lot of these albums are going to make our top 20 list. I'm sure in deciding uh, what, what topic we were going to discuss. So since Blackstone Cherry's album came out on October 30th called the human condition, and it's a really great album. We decided that that would be the first thing that we will talk about. <laughs> After listening to majority of those albums that did come out, I will say I'd, didn't get to hear a couple of the EPs that you mentioned, but yeah, there's no doubt that out of all that stuff that came out, my favorite by and far was the Blackstone Cherry album. And, you know, I'm sure that we're going to get into this in in more detail, but I'd have to almost say this is probably up there with some of my favorite albums of theirs. And and believe it or not, this is Blackstone Cherry's seventh studio album. Yeah. uh, Blackstone Cherry has definitely been one of those bands that I've really enjoyed since they've came out with their first studio album and they've been a huge staple on the itch radio show and we've (laughs) they put out some great music like there's not too many tracks on any of their albums that i think oh that's that song's awful (laughs) yeah (laughs) so (laughs) there's an album that i'm not too fond of of theirs but it's you know it's (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's one of them I, I just think that they were on too many drugs when they made <laughs> oh, okay. okay um and it's the album called magic mountain i was not a huge fan of that one but yeah i, I agree with you casey that this is <laughs> this has always been a band that i've really liked a lot and and we've always tied them to the show and i think it kind of something that we've mentioned with skin dread uh you know this band came out in 2005 or well, actually i guess their cd came out in 2006 but you know, we just had our radio show for about a year and a half, two years, whenever this this band became a thing. And we just latched on to them because, yes, their their main song got played like Lonely Train, but like nothing else was getting played off that album. And that first uh, self-titled album was just amazing. Every single song out there was so great. So we really felt it was like our our duty to play the rest of the album for everybody to hear. Yeah. So to give just a tiny bit of background for these guys dive into the discography more here. Blackstone Cherry is a band that formed in 2001. They started releasing albums in 06. So we got about 15 years or so of these guys. And, and in 15 years, they put out seven albums. So they are another one of those bands that's quite consistent. They got that two year cycle thing, you know, record, tour, you know, record tour kind of thing yeah. going on, as well as a couple of uh, cover EPs mixed in there somewhere, which is kind of exciting. And they've had the same lineup the whole time. That's pretty cool. They're a, I would call them a hard Southern rock band, maybe from Kentucky. They definitely are hard rock, but they're also definitely kind of got that country boy thing to them a little bit. Yeah. And a lot of blues inspiration as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a fine line a lot of times between like what you'd call blues rock and Southern rock. It's it's kind of kind of an overlap, I feel like. And being that they're from Kentucky, kind of tying bluegrass into it as well, sort of. Mm. So one thing that I thought was really uh, funny when I was doing some research for this band, like you had mentioned, the band has been together since 2001. And the the drummer, his name is John Fred Young. He's actually the son of Richard Young, 
who was in a band called the Kentucky Headhunters. When the Kentucky Headhunters formed back in 1968, their original name was Itchy Brother. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought (laughs) that's not a thing we've ever called ourselves. No, but I mean, I do. I do feel like I think we have referred to each other as Itch Brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure as that. I don't know about itchy. I don't no, ever want to be itchy brother with anybody. <laughs> that's the line I'm not trying to cross. <laughs> no, we're, we're not. We're not copycats. We're we're the we're something different. You know, that's we're, right. That's itch right. brothers as opposed to itchy brothers. Uh, <laughs> I'll take but, it. I'll accept it. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting uh, when I was researching this band and the Kentucky Headhunters have been a you know they're a pretty well known uh, Southern rock band as well. So one thing I was looking at, and like I said, this this album, Human Condition, that just came out, it's it's already kind of one of my favorites. I would put it up there with probably their self-titled album and their, their second album, Folklore and Superstition. They've kind of had a weird discography f- for me personally. After Folklore and Superstition, they had one of their albums that had like the biggest singles off of it. It sounded like they were kind of were trying to go to mainstream. And that was a song, uh, the album was called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Funny thing is, this album was produced by somebody who Aaron's mentioned several times throughout the history of our podcast. It was actually produced by Howard Benson, uh-huh. who, like you've said in the past, has been known to try to get those that singles uh, sound in that radio friendly kind of sound, which definitely was the case for that album. It had some of their biggest singles like White Trash Millionaire um, and uh, oh, I can't remember the other name of it, it was um, they had a track called Stay that. If you want to talk about like, I don't know if you'd quite call it crossover. And this is a band I, we probably will never mention on, on a show again, but that was that it was covered later by a famous country band called Florida, Georgia line. And so for whatever that might be worth. Yeah. The single I was thinking of was uh blame it on the boom, boom. And, and like I roll blame it on the boom, boom. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious song, but <laughs> yeah. And then, so after, after Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea, they came out with Magic Mountain, which, like I said, was my least favorite album. I almost kind of lost my faith in this band after that album because I was like, oh, are they just going to continue singing about drugs and that's all they're going to do? <laughs> first of all, if you look up the Magic Mountain cover, first of all, it's called Magic Mountain. So that's just kind of a giveaway. It sets the table a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, it's got I'm not going to say psychedelic, but it's definitely got like a color spectrum thing going on on it. And then you've got. What are your tracks? Peace Pipe, Me and Mary yeah. Jane, <laughs> Magic Mountain. Yeah, Magic Mountain. You know, there's some hints in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some good songs. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love the song Blow My Mind and Hollywood and Kentucky and Fiesta del Fuego. But it just out of all their albums, it was kind of my least favorite at the time. And it just was like, you know, I was starting to lose a little bit of faith in the band in the direction that they were going. Uh, but they kind of pulled it back together with Kentucky and started getting back to their roots. And I think one of the things that helped that is like right after the Kentucky album came out, they started doing the EPs, which is the uh, first one was called Back to Blues, where they covered yeah six blues songs. Half of them were Muddy Water covers. Hmm. Uh, and then they did another Back to Blues EP in 2019, where they covered another six albums. But those, I think that kind of helped them get back to their original sound because this new album the human condition really does remind me of their first two albums yeah it sounds like your career trajectory for this band as of right now is kind of in the shape of a u 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. Starts yeah. starts high, dips all the way down, 100%. or maybe a V, like dips straight down to Magic Mountain and then climbs back up again. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know how many bands we talked about that would have quite that exact trajectory. Well, and what kind of was a little bit of a difference between all those albums is they kind of had somewhat of a theme in all of their albums, but like the first two, it was just kind of, it focused more on the the music and then the lyrics just were kind of, some were about unity and having a good time kind of thing. And then Devil in the Deep Blue Sea came out and it, a lot of the songs from that album sounded like they'd been spending a lot of time at some... Uh, Ge- gentlemen's establishment <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> i definitely agree there's no doubt that they were basically hitting up the strip club circuit and uh and writing songs based off of that inspiration uh-huh. and then then they found drugs with magic mountain so <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of they kind of have some themes but uh human condition definitely brings it back to their their first two albums for sure well, that's good. <laughs> they got their fun out of the way. Well, I do think that this, I mean, you know, just looking at the, the song titles alone, there's there's a lot of themes that are, are kind of revolving around human emotion, human ties. And I love that idea for this year. I mean, it, it, out of a year that we needed the most, like that's, I really do love that they, you know, they're inspired by to find the good in things and sing about the good things that, you know, that connects us all. Uh, with emotions and love and, and, and things like that. And I, I don't think that, at least to my knowledge that I can't think off of the top of my head, I don't think that they've really kind of dipped into like the singing about love uh, things, have they? Um, Not in the way that they did on this album. Uh, Folklore and Superstition, they kind of had a lot of like peace and love. I mean, love, not so much as part of that, but definitely peace and well, they had they had pieces free off that album, and then they had a lot of uh, things like family ties with Soul Creek and things my father said. So mm. yeah, so it was kind of more of that that Southern hospitality type type stuff. <laughs> I definitely got the vibe in listening to this one. There was there was definitely a sense that they were going for like encouragement. Yeah. Uh, to the listener, especially as you get to the end, uh, that 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 closing track, "Keep on Keeping on," you can tell just from the name of it is is just kind of this this encouragement to yeah to press on. And that was, I think, that was a little bit of a running theme throughout the album as well. It popped up a few different times, and so I think in terms of them sort of speaking to the moment and all the tension that's happened in since their last album came out, and then particularly this year i i don't i don't know exactly when this album was was recorded but uh nonetheless another one of those deals where where it may have been recorded this year it may have been recorded at the end of last year either way it feels appropriate i think it might have been a little 50 50 uh it could have been yeah it could have been a lot of the albums we talked about in earlier episodes were actually recorded at the end of 2019 but as we get to the tail end of 2020 it seems more likely that some of the recording might have been in like the early spring or something. Yeah, as they were trying or, to or fin- maybe finish up things. Yeah, just before or just after COVID hit. I don't know. Yeah, and definitely the first track gets right into that type of thing with ringing in my head. Uh, it's probably probably my favorite song on the album. <laughs> but whenever he, there's a line in the song, he says, "I need to tell you about a new disease." 
<laughs> and that he can feel it in his chest. It's like, oh man, you need to get that checked out. <laughs> you got, got free yeah. testing sites all over the place for that, man. <laughs> you got to get that nose stick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this dude's going to have to quarantine. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Like you're right. It's like, my bones are shaking. I got something needing to be said. Yeah. I can feel oh, it crap. in my chest. I got a ring in my head. Yeah. Oh no, he was a prophet. He was singing about the COVID coming. Yeah, the whole world's <laughs> oh, been no. shaken by the time they find us dead. They've got oh. a ringing in their heads. Oh no. <laughs> no, it it is funny though cuz like it I, I truly don't think that the song is about COVID, but it's it, no, we, we've it. made we've made mention this year that like so many songs were probably written about this year but are just so ominous or so uh, on point to describe the things that have happened this year. It's it's really creepy to be honest. Yeah, it is. Especially if this really was written before COVID. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and some of it could be us just looking for that kind of stuff and things, but man, because oh, this is the year we've been living through. Right. And so, you know, we're going to see stuff at this point. And I think that, that this album has another few of those really good examples of that <laughs> well, i mean this song in, in particular especially because like one of the other uh, verses right. I, i'm in a prison in my own land enlist oh, resistance gosh. with a peaceful heart can't let these times tear us up all apart like i mean it's it's just crazy like it's it's so yeah. uh, on point and so meaningful for this year um it's just it's really it, it really is it's just crazy that how, how close uh these lyrics are to what's relevant right now yeah. And I think I think the other thing with a lot of these lyrics and these bands writing albums that have come out in 2020 is that especially when you're talking about like the divisive, divided state that we are in in so many ways as a country, we've had a significant amount of time to observe that and to watch it grow. And so 2020 was the year where it all just like came to a head in like the most massive way. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. So, so these guys have. These guys have been seeing this stuff and now now we get to hear about it. <laughs> but you know what? They're making they're making pleas for for unity and positivity and whatnot. I can't fault them for that. Yeah, and on top of that, they get back to their original type sound and the first three tracks, ringing in my head, track two again, and track three, push down and turn, it just punches you right in the face every every track with awesome guitar licks. And that's when I enjoy Blackstone Cherry the most is when they just musically just go off the rails. And they definitely do that a lot on this album. Yeah, they have a lot of harmonic singing in this. And and if you look into uh, like the Wikipedia for the band, every single member of this band has is, is either singing or doing backup vocals. And I think that's definitely noticeable throughout this entire album. Yeah. My observation in listening to this and, as the one of us who's listened to this band the least, maybe you guys made this observation years ago. I don't know, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Particularly when I like, as I listened to again, I caught a little bit of Chris Cornell in his vocals and then, and then pushed down and turn. And here's a band that has come up maybe three times on the show now, which I'm surprised by. He kind of reminded me of Ian Thornley. And by the time I got to uh, what's uh, track five, live this way. There's a little bit of him that was a slightly less bassy Lejean from Seven Dust. <laughs> a little bit in there. I feel like if you kind of merge those vocals together, that's where he lands. I could I can see where you're where you're going with those comparisons. 
It's it's a good vocalist. Those are all good vocalists that I just mentioned. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I, I was. I guess I wasn't really paying attention for that because he, to me, he's he's got a very unique voice and he's always sounded kind of the same throughout all their uh, all their albums for me anyway. Yeah, I'm not saying he's necessarily derivative. It was just what it reminded me, what it reminded me of. Like I picked up little hints of like, hey, this sounds kind of similar to that. So it's not it's not an insult by any means. Yeah, no, he has he has very good vocal range and can kind of uh, bend it in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing I really like on this album too is uh <laughs> they always choose their cover songs very wisely. <laughs> um now, you know, they obviously they have two cover albums, but those are very bluesy cover albums. You know, a couple of my favorite songs of theirs are, are the way that they cover songs cuz they don't necessarily change them significantly, but they do put their own kind of spin on it yeah. and just make it theirs by, by not really doing a lot. Like, you know, back on uh, the, between the devil and the deep blue sea, they uh, covered Marshall Tucker bands. Can't you see, which is just perfect for them. They also did a uh, cover. I can't remember exactly what album. I think it was off of Kentucky where they, they covered Mississippi queen, which is again, it's another song that's just right up their alley. And then on this album, so they covered Don't Bring Me Down by Electric Light Orchestra, which I don't necessarily think that's like a, I, don't, I never really thought of Electric Light Orchestra as a Southern rock band, but they did a great job of covering this song. And <laughs> yeah, uh, they're definitely was, not a Southern rock band. <laughs> they're, they're British. <laughs> okay. But it's uh, the song fits in so perfectly on this album, though. Yeah. And I just, every time I hear it, that's either whether it's the electric light orchestra song or I hear the cover song, I, I just think, fuck you, Bruce. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's saying Bruce, but yeah, it's like Bruce or Bruce or Bruce. I think it's Bruce. It sounds yeah. like Bruce. It does. And every time I hear it, I'm thinking, cause he's like, don't bring me down, Bruce. Like, <laughs> he's just calling you out. Damn, Bruce. Stop bringing everybody down. Bruce is always doing that. Damn. God. You. Damn you. Bruce. 2020 has been hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have time for your crap, Bruce. <laughs> well, and to make things even funnier, as as I was first listening through this album, I was kind of going track by track. And then when I saw the track seven, The Chain, I was like, oh, crap, is that going to be the cover song? No, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's a, it's a totally, to my knowledge, original ta- song to them. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, we I've mentioned this in the past. I will say that like I have an issue with songs that name themselves after another huge popular song. Uh, well, not that the song named itself, but the, the bands that name them, <laughs> their songs after other songs that are very well known. Because yeah, just like you, Casey, when I saw the track listing, I thought that this was going to be a a cover of uh, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I was a little disappointed that it wasn't. I was too. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> I mean, the chain, the the chain by Blackstone Cherry is a great song. It's actually probably one of my favorites on the album. But like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely would have been thoroughly excited to hear them cover uh, Fleetwood Mac. I bet I know one of the reasons why uh, the chain was a favorite of yours because it has a awesome breakdown with an almost Metallica esque riff in it. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's th- there's a couple of songs on this album that really, he, you know, they they really get into the guitars and and they uh, they have some great solos. 
but yeah, I agree with you. That is that is exactly one reason why I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is that they called it the chain, like just calling it that was kind of their little nod, you know, tribute, like to to Fleetwood Mac. Because if otherwise, I feel like if you're titling it, they might as well just called it "Links in the Chain" because that's what they talk yeah. about. Yeah, and that would have been a perfectly appropriate title for it as well. So my guess is somebody said that, and then someone was like, "Why don't we just call it the Chain? It'll be like a little, a little, you know, wink and nudge." Could be, but then I don't know. It's like I said before. Then it always seems to get compared to the other song. It's deceptive because you know, we're like, oh well, it's it, it's a good song, but it's not the Chain. <laughs> yeah. It, well. You're not going to really beat that one. So, yeah, because that's actually one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs, too. Like, I, I absolutely love that song. It's legendary. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and then the chain lyrically, like we we're talking about, kind of goes along the lines of the unity and trying to get through this all together. There's a part in the song that says to fight for one another, to be a better brother. Right now, it's time to stand out without religion to blame. We're all one and the same. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, you know, it's it's funny, too, because it's they actually reiterated something that we mentioned in one of our in our uh, voting episode, the lyric in the chain that says the they stay elected, then say our vote counts. You just heard what I said. I ain't going to re-repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know, that was hilarious. Not pulling any punches here either. Yep. <laughs> a little fun with that <laughs> yeah so i i really did love this album and you know it's another win for mascot records uh i i truly am am loving everything that that record company is associated with i don't know if it's just coincidence um but yeah because they you know my one of my favorite albums this year has been that 10 years album and they also were on mascot records and the funny thing is you know we talked about how this uh their discography was kind of a u-shape um well the last album that they released on roadrunner records was uh, magic mountain Mm -hmm. and since then they've been with mascot records and i i don't know if they were one of the first but they definitely are helping uh solidify their place in the in the southern rock uh and just the rock genre because they have uh, a couple of big we've mentioned it before in, in one of their previous episodes of all their their big acts that they have. I'm really hoping that, you know, whenever COVID gets over, uh, <laughs> that yeah. in, they, that mascot record puts like this huge tour together with a couple of their big, big bands. Cause I mean, they literally, they have 10 years when well, they're all kind of like the same kind of theme too. Like they have 10 years, they have black country communion, they have Blackstone cherry, they have uh monster truck shaman's harvest. Like these are, and actually, wow, they even have Volbeat too. Uh, but these are all bands that are very similar and would, I mean, maybe Ten Years is not necessarily that, that Southern Rocky, but, uh, and actually they also have POD too. So, but I, I just would love to see a, a tour with, you know, the Southern Rock groups of mascot records. I think that would just be awesome. Yeah. Great tour. One thing, so I'll give you just a little bit of a quick rundown on, on this album, like in a capsule. You know, for me, again, as a guy who hasn't listened to these guys as much, I had a few observations. It it did at certain points start to feel samey musically mm-hmm. and drag a little bit. And, th- and they did try to space out a couple ballads in there to sort of break that up, which I appreciate. I didn't particularly care for the ballads. Agreed. But uh, 
but I will say, aside from Don't Bring Me Down, probably was my favorite. I thought that was a great one. Uh, kind of echoing what Casey said right at the at the start, ringing in my head. It was a, a really good opener, and it just kind of reminds me that Southern Rock in general is just kind of fun. Yeah. And then I thought that it kind of got, in some ways, it kind of got at its most interesting at the end. There was a really cool intro to the song Some Stories that I wanted to hear more of before it turned into a song that I, I didn't it didn't resonate with me much. And then the devil in your eyes had a, this like audio slave sounding riff almost to me, which was cool. It was fun. Cause that was what I was listening to it. I was like, okay, I figured out what this is. This, this band is like if audio slave did Southern rock. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I just, that's what I decided Blackstone cherry was at that point in, in, in the album. <laughs> and then, so it, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to dislike. Cause even I got, get to the end, I'm like, okay, this it's not entirely my thing, but then I get to like the last track. You got keep on keeping on. And I'm like, yeah, to me, it's a little bit generic, but at the same time, like how can you hate on some guys that are creating this catchy song to try to try to just give people the strength to get through difficult moments? Yeah. It <laughs> you was, really, you can't, you can't hate somebody do, for, for doing that. Yeah. It was a nice up, uplifting song to end the album. Yeah, it was. It, it was very welcome. I was like, oh, I appreciate what you guys did right there. <laughs> and to kind of circle back a little bit of what you were talking about with some of their ballads, they're a band that I appreciate their ballads for being able to pull them off as well as they do. But I agree that they're not really generally my favorite songs on on the album because I I enjoy the uh, the heavier <laughs> rocking right. portions. I, I think it's important to have stuff like that in there or else... Yeah. You yeah. run the risk of even more sounding the same if it's just rocker after rocker and there's not a ton of differentiation in, you know, the length or style. But yeah, I, I do think that this album, it, it's crazy because like as much as I love albums that have like 13, you know, 14 tracks, I think that this one have been a better maybe 10 to 11 track album. And, you know, like there's a couple of songs that I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of. Like Live This Way is probably my least favorite song on the album. And it's like track five. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that it was somewhere there or maybe a couple tracks after it where I really started to think, OK, I'm I'm feeling like I'm slowing down now. Like the momentum yeah. here. I think that it would have been, it, you know, we talk about um, how CDs are organized or albums are organized a lot. I think it would have done them some justice to break up the first three songs and, and spread them out a little bit through the album. Maybe, maybe put like, you know, one of them at number five and, and another one at number eight or nine. Um, Cause while I did like the chain, you know, and you know, there's a couple of really good guitar lines later in the album. Like I, I do like the, uh, the guitar line from some stories and the devil in your eyes, but I, I do, I do agree that, you know, there's just, it, there was something kind of needed to help carry the, the songs that are not as strong as the, the first three really. Yeah. And when you're listening to it in its entirety, it, you just get too hyped up and then you have nowhere to go, but down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. And I, I think we've mentioned that too. Like when you front loaded an album, like it just sets the bar really high. And then like you start getting into it and you're like, okay, well, this isn't as good as the, the first three, like hopefully it'll get back there. And, and I, I really feel that it, it yeah, it kind of just blended in until you get to the track 10 where, where you hear the cover and you're like, Oh, this is a song I'm familiar with. And it's actually <laughs> a really good cover too. I feel like this would be a really solid album to put on at like a summer cookout, like outside. 
Yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah. just chilling. I don't know, playing volleyball or something in your yard. You're you're grilling up. This is a good soundtrack for that. To where like some people will probably be listening along, jamming. Some people will just be going on about their business, whatever. But uh, it, it's it's a good. It was had a good environment there. I think. Thanks for reminding me that I can't have barbecues in my backyard this year, asshole. I'm just <laughs> you better, you better you hurry. Can, you can barbecue nice right now. You can barbecue Get out there tomorrow. But, I'm talking about can, COVID, man. I yeah. I ain't inviting you people over. You're no, sick. That's, that's no, you can just do it for yourself. <laughs> you it's just barbecue. you by yourself. But but yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Casey? You can still have it for yourself. Just not invite anybody over. Like ah, I'm having steaks. <laughs> well yeah no I, I did i did do that i'm not saying that i didn't i'm just saying that like i can't have people over to rub it in their face that we'll, i got this no joking. We'll, we'll all cook steaks and then go on zoom and watch each other eat it <laughs> i say we'll go. just we'll come over to your backyard and we'll each stand in a different corner of your backyard and we'll just like wave at each other from from far away I spray paint circles on my grass six feet apart. This is, this is where you can stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll listen to Blackstone Cherry and you can grill some burgers and throw them at us when they're ready. <laughs> Just put them on the dog, have him deliver them. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> but hey, you know what? You got to be inventive in these times. So <laughs> nonetheless. No, I, I do agree. It, it It's definitely an album that's, uh, you know, a good party album that, you know, just like you said, kind of put it on the background and, and some people will definitely enjoy it and others would just not really pay much attention to it if it's, you know, it's because, so, you know, for some people, Southern rock is not their thing. Like I know my wife is not a huge fan of, of blues or, or, uh, or Southern rock music, but I don't know. I think that she might disagree with this one. I haven't really played it for her yet, but uh, I was I was thoroughly impressed with it. I think it's because it's not necessarily all Southern rock. There's a lot of good guitar licks and, and like you said, a little kind of Metallica reminisce uh, and some other metal bands, too. Yeah, they know how to get down with it with a good riff here and there for sure. Yeah, actually, when when we were talking about this in our text that we like to to have with each other, every, that's how we plan these episodes. Yeah, well, and just throughout the week, we <laughs> we talk about a bunch of stuff because we're just yeah we're friendly like that <laughs> but <We're> brothers <laughs> exactly yeah. but not itchy not itchy no <laughs> i was a little bit crampy this week but i was not an itchy brother just a, a crampy brother <laughs> but when you when you said that the blackstone cherry album came out i was like oh crap they did have an album come out and then like i instantly had to to listen to it because blackstone cherry is one of those bands for me that just makes me happy when I listen to them. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I you know, I kind of mentioned this, that it's been a band that uh, we've been really close to, well, felt that we're really close to since uh, 2006 when their first album came out. I, yeah, I, I was thoroughly excited and happy when I heard their first album. And you could, you could tell the excitement even through text when Casey started listening to the album. <laughs> <laughs> and so, which sometimes is readable in, you know, in, and stuff said with the thumbs and sometimes is not, Yeah, but you could definitely, you could definitely tell that there, that he was experiencing some joy in, and <laughs> taking in some brand new Blackstone cherry. Yeah. Start saying, sending us links to songs like, yeah, dude, I got the album. You don't need to send me the link to the song. <laughs> he sent like a five minute video of him just dancing in, in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't, but well, I'm not going to say whether he did. Yeah. Well, I was I was doing that for Aaron's benefit because I know that he he probably hadn't heard 
as much Blackstone Cherry as, as we <laughs> as we have. No, I get you. So are there any other bands that, that you can think of off the top of your head, Casey, that, that just make you happy whenever you listen to them? Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, another two bands that make me feel that way kind of have a similar sound to Blackstone Cherry, uh, and we've mentioned them a couple times on the podcast and in this episode. Monster Truck being on the same label is kind of funny, but mm. they're one of those for me. And then uh, also Rival Sons. So a Southern rock man. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You, you've always been into the, the classic rock music, and this is kind of like the the closest like transition music between right. classic rock and modern rock that yeah. there is. And bringing up classic rock, uh, definitely, uh, I'm sure you would agree with this one. Uh, Styx is another one of those that does that oh, for yeah. me. And then uh, <laughs> The Who and Pink Floyd and Eric Clapton uh, are also those bands for me most mostly because it makes me think of my dad uh when i hear those bands so that makes sense yeah that's kind of where you find your happy place yes musically yeah for for classic rock one band that always makes me happy every time like it's on i i just i get giddy is led zeppelin um, because I, I truly, in my opinion, like I feel like that is the greatest band of all time. Like every one of those people, every one of those members was a master of their instrument. Yeah. And so like I every every no, it doesn't even matter what Zeppelin song it is. I just I turn it up. I, I start <laughs> exactly. I, I do start dancing, uh, doing the little Robert Plant dance. Um, <laughs> I open my shirt up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh boy. But but you know, more modern bands that that really do make me happy. And we've mentioned this several times and and I'm really excited about this uh is Skin Dread. You know, we've always said that this is a, a band that's one of the favorite bands of the itch. Um I truly truly love that band. Every time I get to hear them, I I get giddy. I'm absolutely loving that my kids are getting into skin dread and, and like start, you know, requesting to, Oh, we want to hear skin dread on the way to school. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's play it. Let's do some skin dread. <laughs> um, and then, you know, kind of to mention it. So upcoming, we do have an interview with the drummer from skin dread, Aria. Um, he was so kind to give us this time. And we, we had a blast talking with him. Like we actually lost track of time. Um, yeah. And it was just, it was, it was a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to sharing that with everybody. But yeah, Skin Dread is always a band that that's just made me really happy every time I listen to them. I will tell you the the song that, in terms of just pure joy, like like I start bouncing around, the song this Skin Dread track that that does that the most for me is "Set It Off" from Babylon. Yeah, it has the, that big boom kind of that dub bass thing that they do, and the drum beat of that. Like I used to just drive around listening to that track and just feeling in the best. The best mood right there. It was wonderful. <laughs> Anything off of Union Black does that for me. In fact, like anytime I am able to turn Union Black up as loud as possible when I'm driving around, like that's probably the happiest I will ever be. Besides, <laughs> you know, you know, that's the happiest I can make myself like in that moment. By listening to that's music. Fair. Yes. Yeah. Just driving around and then people are looking at you like, what the hell is that guy listening to? <laughs> Like, skin dread bitches <laughs> <laughs> that's the bumper sticker that dan has yep oh, if I, if it... yep i was gonna say if i could i would there's no doubt about it you have to get that one get that I, one made another band that 
always makes me happy and and it's a a band that i really didn't get into until we started doing the show and we started playing them every week is primus like they're just so unique so fun so out there like every time i hear them i'm always like it's primus time (laughs) (laughs) and then i start just getting in with their silliness because that's what they are most of the time See, I think I'm more of a song by song kind of person than I don't I'm trying to think of very many bands that just like any time I hear them it just it just makes me happy. I mean, I guess there's a couple. Like Weird Al always brings me joy. Yeah. That's <laughs> you got to bust out Weird Al, you know. But then a lot of it I think is more nostalgic. Like there are tracks that I used to hear on the radio in the 90s. And I think that everybody is probably like this for like your teenage years or whatever mm-hmm. where you 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 get hyped when you start hearing that those opening lines of some of those tracks for me, like I'll never not listen to like flagpole Sitta <laughs> or Goldfinger Superman from Tony Hawk pro skater. Yeah. Like that track, that track gets me hyped every single time. Um, I have fond memories of just that intro, that staticky, like radio signal from three elevens all mixed up. I remember listening to on the radio a lot when I was younger and, you know, when the guitar and bass of that song kicked in, I was like, oh, this is this makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of that. Real Big Fish is, is another band that like I just yes. thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> and every time I hear them, I laugh. I can't help myself. They're always funny. They're super hilarious live. Yes, they are. <laughs> They're always a, a good show uh, live. They just have a lot of fun doing what they do. And I think that that, you know, that is displayed in their music. I got one I want to throw out here because we've never mentioned them before. And I would, um, would frankly, I would just love to put them on a playlist for the show um, <laughs> is in high school. I have a very distinct high school memories. I, I had gotten hurt playing football and was like on crutches for a few weeks or whatever. And so I wasn't necessarily in the best mood, but there was this band I used to listen to. They were kind of a pop rock band. They were a little bit Weezer ish, but that's, I only say that cause that's the best comparison i can make it's not that they were really that much like them they were called bleach and they had a track on this album and it was called super good feeling and it was such a perfect assessment for how i felt when i heard the song but that just made a lot of those days (laughs) much easier was that was that album and so i don't know i don't i don't know if i get those happiness about as many current bands as i do just kind of loving hearing some of those songs from before we reached that point in my life i can give you one that i uh maybe happiness isn't the word probably the most serene track that i know of that at all times i'm like ah, i can feel my blood pressure lowering right now <laughs> <laughs> the final track on morning view from incubus aqueous transmission yes is seven minutes yeah literally of like a boat going down the river and it ends with like crickets chirping or something for like 35 seconds yeah it's very japanese or like (laughs) japanese zen type uh, yeah (laughs) sounding yeah exactly there's a couple (laughs) of songs from incubus that like i i i feel the same way about and it's it it does have to do with like the intro to it like the warmth anytime i hear those whale sounds like i don't even know why but like yeah i hear the whale sounds and i'm like oh my god i'm so freaking excited to hear this song Uh, and the other one is uh the summer romance anti-gravity love song yeah um it's just and it's again it's the same thing the entrance the intro to that it's just like 
it's that like kind of funk uh baseline mm-hmm. that just yeah and anything on on science really is is probably <laughs> I, I feel that way about it but there's a couple of specific songs that i absolutely love off that album and that being one of them <laughs> I'm having an internal incubus jam session right now. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not, there's nothing playing in my headphones, but my head is still playing those songs and I'm kind of bobbing a little bit. And so <laughs> I'm hearing some whale they're, sounds. They're good. <laughs> yeah. They're good yeah. for that. My, my, my last week was, I think the 21st anniversary of make yourself. So happy birthday to that. And incubus it's now it can legally drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's, there's that one. That makes me feel super old because I remember like yeah. when that first came out, like I wasn't a huge fan of Incubus, but like it was it it was oh, one of those that like I, I really came to love over time. Yeah. Make yourself so good. Yeah, I thought about seeing if you guys wanted to do like a kind of a an episode that just touched on a handful of like 20th anniversary albums, but I didn't know if that might like send any of us into like a midlife crisis or something. <laughs> so I don't want like that to, to trigger something. So we'll see. Especially in this year of all years. We don't have room for any more crises right now. We are maxed out on crises. But that's, that's what we're talking true. about happy songs. I, here, I got, I got a couple for you. We, we mentioned this before we started recording because Mississippi Queen was a was a rock band track. Yep. Um, a couple of songs that, that I have very, are very fond feelings about that make me happy every time I hear them. And also pretty memorable intros. One is the yeah, yeah, yeah's maps from rock band. And <laughs> then the other, another big one, because this was just the killer that we love to play was Coheed and Cambria with welcome home. And you know that. Dun, 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 dun. Oh man. <laughs> That just sets it off every time we, whenever, and even see, even that's a little bit nostalgic. It's not as far back as the other stuff I was talking about, but it's still, but nonetheless. So is that because of rock band that it, that it makes you happy? Those tracks particularly make me happy because of playing them on rock band with friends. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have one. And actually it's really funny that you mentioned that. Cause I, I just heard on the, I was listening to the radio for like the first time this year for some ungodly known reason. <laughs> um, and and a song came on and like my, my son, my children went in the uh, back seat and I, st- I kind of turned it up and started singing it uh, because it was, it was Danny California from the Red mm-hmm. Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. And that, and I have specific memory for that one because that is the first one that me and my friends hundred percented on like medium for like all the instruments. And we got like a, <laughs> over, it was like the first song that we scored over a million points, which is an achievement. <laughs> and I was the singer for it. And like, I, I just love, I, I love that song because of that particular reason. Like it's, it's a good song, but like if it wasn't for rock band, I would probably have no ties to Danny California, or I would not have any ties to say it ain't so by the Weezer. That's fair. That's very fair. I tell you, Danny California. I swore that they played that song every 15 minutes on the radio for like two years when it <laughs> came out. Yeah. That's exaggeration, but probably only a little bit. But I never somehow never got tired of it. I was like, I love Danny California. You can play it as much as you want. It's fine. Yeah, maybe not yeah. two years, but definitely about six months. <laughs> it's what it felt like. Though, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I in, got one that, that in COVID got, in COVID standards, it was two years. Right. Yeah. You, we're, <laughs> we adjust everything for COVID inflation now, including our including our memories. <laughs> 2006 was like 47 years ago. It's just... 
I got one that, that makes me happy. It's not necessarily because I love the songs, but it makes me happy anytime I see their videos. And that's the band OK Go, whose videos I think are some of those brilliant forms of like video art in the past 15 or 20 years. And so I don't know how yeah. many of their videos you guys have seen, but it, literally just about everyone is better and more clever. And like, how did you even do that than the last one? Yeah. And so I've seen a they couple. bring me joy. I've seen a couple of them. They, they bring me a lot of joy, even though I'm not the kind of person who will sit and listen through an entire album. Gotcha. But their music paired with their visual creativity, I find very satisfying. It makes me happy. <laughs> I got a couple more things that have come to mind. I'll just throw them out there. We won't dwell on them specifically, really. But of just music, it's it's more almost genres that make me happy. And that is like punk or acapella covers of stuff Mm -hmm. i've loved for ages (laughs) and here's a particular weird one and i can only think of actually a couple of tracks that fall into this but scottish folk comedy some of that stuff is hilarious this is it'll just be like two guys like riffing or or like put it put it more relatable flight of the concords but old guys that are scottish (laughs) (laughs) something closer to that There might be some guitars. There's a lot of chanting and clever rhymes and storytelling. Oh, and then the last one, you guys, I feel like you guys would have to agree with me somewhere in here. I don't, I don't know exactly where we'd overlap on tracks, but something that makes me happy from time to time, blazing nineties, hip hop and R and (laughs) B. This is how we do it. (laughs) No diggity jump around. (laughs) Yeah, I I have very different uh, associations with those songs because, (laughs) because, well, I think I've mentioned this before, but like, you know, and you mentioned it too in one of our previous episodes, but like it's, it reminds me of being on the bus back in middle school. Yeah. And that's usually a time I was getting into a lot of fights with other kids. So, Uh, okay. Well, that, that association would, would ruin it. (laughs) I didn't, I, I didn't know that, 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 that fond memory music well i don't actually necessarily have fond memories i just think it's fun stuff no, I, I didn't I know that you. was the soundtrack to your traumatizing <laughs> your middle school trauma yeah yeah way yeah, to no, bring down the, the the happiness aaron <laughs> yeah don't bring me down bruce god damn it <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so getting back to one of the bands that makes me happy and this is a, a recent kind of thing to be honest i think this is something that we can all agree with because um, it's just something new. It's different, but the band called the who, uh, the Mongolian band metal band, Ooh. every time I hear them nowadays, like I, I, it just makes me happy. Cause I have no idea. Like, you know, I, I know the translations now, but like for the longest time, I had no idea what they were saying. I still really don't know Mongolian, but, uh, <laughs> it, it's just, it, their instruments are so unique. It's, it's just really fun to hear. And I, every time I hear that, that band or that album, I just I'm I'm really excited. I'm driving around with the windows down and letting everybody hear it so they can also look at me weird, weird again, <laughs> singing along yeah. to Mongolian like, man, is this my is this guy Mongolian or not? Like, I don't, I don't know. The beard kind of makes him look like it. I don't know. He's got something going on. <laughs> That's a good I'm glad you made a tie in right there to a, to another band that had a release this year that that makes us so happy that you'll frankly probably see blackstone cherry and and the who rank not only on but decently high on our final year end top 20 list 
Yeah, so we've uh, made mention of all the bands that we love that uh, make us happy anytime we get to hear them. So keep the conversation going. Let us know what band makes you happy. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter or on Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts or, or, you know, what helps, you know, some bands or songs that helps get you through the day or helps pick you back up whenever you're feeling down. Yeah, Dan mentioned the word giddy earlier, and I liked that. I want to I want to know from people like, tell me a song that you like instinctively start clapping or like say yay <laughs> out loud and then have to catch yourself when it starts playing. Like, <laughs> I think for, for almost all people, or at least of the rock spectrum, I, I think one of them that absolutely everybody gets giddy or goes crazy for whenever they start hearing is Bohemian Rhapsody. I think we can all agree to that. <laughs> That's probably true. Everybody starts singing it. Like I, I remember being in the bars where like everybody just starts doing karaoke and the whole freaking bar. You're just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> Start doing the uh, Wayne's World headbang. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's probably another reason why everybody loves it, because it all reminds us of, of the Wayne's World headbang. <laughs> we all start doing our own version of that, no matter where we're at. <laughs> so we definitely want to hear what makes you guys happy. So we like to be interactive. If you want to follow us on Twitter at It's Rocks and also on Facebook, we definitely would love to hear from you. Yeah, and we we love to hear your feedback on social media. We also love to see your feedback written out on Apple Podcast Reviews. So if you want to hop over there, there's a link in the show notes, and we would greatly adore you if you gave some stars, a couple of thoughts, let the world know what they're in for if they choose to listen to us. So if you like what you hear, please do what you can to help us out. Subscribe and let a friend know if, uh, you know, if you think that, you know, somebody that would like listening to our podcast and please help us out and share the episode or share the tweet. We would really greatly appreciate uh, any assistance that you guys can provide. And, and we appreciate any of our fans. Like if you took the time to listen, we know that there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things competing for your attention. And the fact that you took the time to listen to, us ramble on for about an hour it really does mean a lot to us and we do love everybody that listens to us and, and we hope that uh you love us back <laughs> we want to give you virtual fives yes because kudos. We think that's pretty, yeah that's pretty <laughs> darn cool of you so thank you very much for listening to the itch rock matters my name is dan i'm kc and i'm aaron and until next time rock on if you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Boom. Skin dread, bitches! <laughs>